0: Or evil. Last week I read John Doerr's Measure What Matters and Jerry Muller's The Tyranny of Metrics back to back. Needless to say, they did not agree. Measure What Matters is a peppy business book about the importance of setting clear goals and backing them with metrics. Acronyms and buzzwords abound. These sentences (laughs) found on page 186 might go down as the most business booky passage of all time, quote, modern recognition is performance-based and horizontal. It crowdsources meritocracy. The bulk of the book consists of case studies. Dor argues that from Bill Gates to Bono, metrics-driven OKRs, uh, objectives and key results have a life-changing impact. The tyranny of metrics in contrast is much more of a downer. It's a cautionary tale, told not from the manager's office, but from the perspective of the people being managed. Mueller argues that a culture of measuring everything is ruining our schools, hospitals, police, and politics. When metrics replace judgment, the result is that everyone frantically tries to juke the numbers. Surgeons avoid high-risk patients to maintain a higher success rate. Schools teach to the test rather than educate. Police improve crime stats by reporting serious offences as milder infractions. Instead of, what gets measured improves, the slogan of Mueller's book is, what gets measured, gets gained. Which book was more convincing? So, reading both of these books was an interesting case in trying to make sense of conflicting advice. Rarely do I get a chance to read books that explicitly contradict each other in such quick succession. Seen as a debate, Muller's tyranny was the more persuasive. But this is a little unfair. Dora doesn't make an airtight case because he mostly assumes his readers already believe metrics work. The bulk of the book is instead spent on getting the details right. Before I get too meta, let's dive into the substance of each of these books. The Defense, a case for metrics. Doerr's case is perhaps the easiest to spell out. Organizations frequently waste effort by pursuing too many conflicting goals. OKRs focus effort and get everyone on the same page. By tying goals to measurable results, to metrics, evaluating progress becomes easy. Some companies even use red and green status lights next to their goals to immediately indicate whether they're on track or not. As former Yahoo CEO Marissa Meyer puts it, it's not a key result, Unless it has a number. The power of ambitious goals to improve productivity has a long history in industrial psychology. Making the goals public both encourages alignment and makes people accountable for their outcomes. Dorr, for his part, concedes that it can be problematic when goal setting becomes an obsession. He mentions the Ford Pinto's deadly design, where attempts to hit low cost metrics cost lives, and Wells Fargo's fake account scandal. In both cases, the pressure to measure up to metrics led to ethical pitfalls. To avoid the potential downsides of metrics, Dor suggests that we not tie metrics to compensation, that we be willing to change our metrics if they turn out to measure the wrong thing, and that when both quantity and quality matter, we need to add more metrics to balance your current ones. Overall, however, Dor sees metrics as an essential management tool At the end of the book, he helpfully lists some traps new adopters of OKRs succumb to, but the list seems more to dispel problems of lukewarm adoption than actual adverse side effects. The idea that metrics might be gamed isn't even something he mentions. The prosecution. Do metrics equal tyranny? Mueller isn't against all measurement. Instead, he's against what he calls metric fixation, the obsession with numbers that leaves no room for qualitative assessment. And while this doesn't leave us with a clear rule separating when metrics work and when they don't, that's kind of part of his point. Human judgment, not just data, is needed to make good decisions. Muller gives a few key arguments. First, tracking many metrics can be costly and can take away from actual work. When pressured to hit their numbers, people will game the system. Transparency, the need to account for all decisions in terms of publicly available numbers, removes the possibility for professional discretion. Tying metrics to rewards and punishments eliminates the intrinsic motivation that competent professionals have to do their job well. Muller believes that numbers create a deceptive aura of objectivity. It reminds me a little bit of a quote I heard once that nobody believes the model except the person who built it but everybody believes the data except the person who collected it so we tend to think of data as representing objective truth but after all it was just categorized coded trimmed and tabulated by some guy with a clipboard ignoring the qualitative creation of data we lend it an authority it doesn't always deserve charities end up worse off from the quest for metrics muller argues Not-for-profit sectors suffer under constant claims for more data, accountability, and transparency because there's no obvious stopping point. For-profit businesses, however, stop collecting ever more data when it starts to hurt the bottom line. Reject, ignore, or integrate. So, faced with such conflicting views and advice, we have a trilemma. First, we can reject Doar's book as mere hype. Second, we can reject Muller's pessimism for failing to offer a reasonable alternative. Or third, we can try to somehow integrate the two. Now, the first two are the most straightforward answers, and I suspect that would be the approach most would take. Honestly, it's the approach I typically take. I don't try to reconcile every book written by a doctor with one written by a naturopath, nor do I synthesize every management concept with its Marxist critique. Doing so would be more time-consuming than edifying. Ultimately, we always reject some arguments without a hearing simply because they lie too far outside our current worldview. In this case, however, I find myself persuaded by both Dorr and Muller. The two books fought valiantly in my mind, even if neither delivered a knockout. So that leaves us with option three, try to integrate. Three strategies of integration. Now there's several strategies for getting conflicting ideas to gel together. The first is what I'll call the strategy of non-overlapping magisteria. This is an approach taken by many theologians to reconcile the transcendence posited by divinity with the seemingly mechanical universe we inhabit. If religion and science simply deal with different things though, there isn't any conflict. In this approach, we accept both arguments are correct, but apply in different domains. So Mueller himself admits he's not against all measurement, but metric fixation. And likewise, Doerr's title claims that we need to measure what matters, implying that we ought not to measure the irrelevant. So thus there appears to be some room for compromise. Mueller's critiques focus mostly on not-for-profits, whereas Doerr is concerned with big business, particularly tech. Applying this strategy is a little complicated by both authors claiming the universality of their positions, which would leave us with a stalemate. Neither argument conquers, but we're left with metrics for tech companies and maybe a little more caution when quantifying police departments. Another strategy is simply to look at trade-offs. Metrics both inspire effort and encourage corruption. They allow for progress on easily quantified goals, but may be damaging to more qualitative ones. Like a potent medicine that cures a disease, but also creates side effects, Each metric needs to be carefully considered in light of the trade-offs. But trade-offs are a less satisfying answer because they require weighing many possible effects for each individual case. But still, sometimes this assessment is unavoidable. Life is complicated. Why should we expect convenient solutions? Now, a final strategy is to suggest a uniting principle. Maybe the debate about metrics is epiphenomenal to something else, meaning the root cause is deeper and the effects of metrics are just symptoms. So Mueller's anti-metric examples all point to bureaucratic dysfunction. People try to game their numbers because they're powerless to push back against them. Doors' view, in contrast, assumes that when a metric mismeasures, management is promptly informed and the strategy is easily adjusted. So this suggests to me that organizations have an internal level of vitality or sickness. Layering goals and metrics on healthy organizations increases effectiveness by aligning people to work on a shared goal. The same strategy, applied to a sick organization, robs people of the last shreds of autonomy they had to do a job well for its own sake. Of these three attempts at integration, I'm most inclined to the third. But trade-offs or non-overlapping magisteria might be real too culture seems to lurk behind the success or failure of many management approaches in ways that can be difficult to reduce to a particular method or technique. In this sense, metrics are no different from lean, agile, six sigma, or any of the other management practices du jour. Metrics are a tool for healthy organizations, but get twisted when applied to sickly ones. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.